0: betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc
1: have you ever thought about who came up with the eight hour a day five day work week The majority of people are locked in the seemingly endless cycle of it every week, and we have one man to thank, Henry Ford. That alone is enough to make someone rotten. He put the world on wheels, and we can thank him anytime we are in a traffic jam or wonder why the U.S. doesn't have more passenger trains and fewer highways. His life still affects us all every day, even if you don't own a Ford. Let's start our engines and pray that the roads are clear as we take a look under the hood of Henry Ford, our rotten person this week. Magic mirror on the wall, who is the most rotten one of all? Hi, hello, and howdy, my darlings. I am your not-so-evil queen, Joshua Waters. Thank you for coming back to my lair here at Rotten to the Core, the history podcast where we use my magic mirror and a touch of humor to look into the lives and actions of some rotten apples in our history, all with the goal of learning a lesson or two from them that can help us in our current lives. I hope your week treated you well. I am going to a slumber party this weekend with a little magic, some junk food, and divination. I've been warming up my tarot and pendulum skills, and we are hopeful to get a few spirits on the hotline. I have all the protection you can think of to prevent my ex-old Zozo or something else nefarious from driving into my friend's living room. Speaking of driving... I think that's a good segue into our lesson. Henry Ford was once known as the most important American when he was alive. He was also looked up to by a certain dictator, Adolf Hitler. Henry was born on July 30th, 1863 in Dearborn, Michigan. He was the oldest of his parents' four surviving children. It was also during a time of great turmoil here in the U.S., as Lincoln was president of the Union and Davis was president of the Confederacy. Henry didn't care for school in his one-room school building, but he said that he enjoyed the break from the boring farm work with his father. As a young man, Henry's fascination with machinery began when he was first gifted a watch. And by the age of 15, he could disassemble and reassemble it. Henry and his mother had a marvelous relationship, and he loved her dearly. But tragedy struck in 1876 when his mother died during childbirth. She was the only thing that kept him working on his father's farm. So just a few years later, Henry walked nine miles to Detroit to find a job at a machine factory. During his time working there, he saw something that fascinated and inspired him for the rest of his life. The internal combustion engine.
2: Hello. I'm Peter Laws, the host of the hit podcast Frightful, which offers very scary true stories. But as I research that show, I keep finding other true tales that aren't so terrifying and yet are fascinating and often deeply moving. That's why I launched a second podcast called A Curious Past, telling forgotten incidents from history told in immersive audio with music, sound effects, and on-location recording. For example, you can join me on location in an underground nuclear bunker in England as I learned how Britain prepared for the potential of war in the 1980s. I loved recording on location in Transylvania to uncover the history of this beautiful and spooky land beyond the forest, and I was particularly touched by the big response to my episode on the Nazi massacre of Urhador-Suglin, an entire French village that was invaded by the Nazis in 1944. To be honest, it was sometimes hard to narrate that without breaking into tears. So why not join me, Peter Laws, by searching our curious past in podcast apps? Because, you know, sometimes it's the unique moments from another person's yesterday that helps us understand ourselves today.
1: After three years in Detroit in 1882 he moved back to his father's farm and began working on call at the Westinghouse Company. Since he didn't have set hours, he would spend the majority of his time learning and creating combustion engine prototypes. Occasionally, right on the kitchen table. His efforts did pay off eventually and he created a small farm locomotive which was a tractor that used an old mowing machine for its framework and a homemade steam engine for power. Well, as young men often do, he met a young lady named Clara Bryan, who grew up on a farm not far from his father's. She refused him at first, but the pair eventually married and moved to Detroit in 1888. A few years later in 1893, Henry and Clara had their first and only child, Edsel O'Brien. Within a month after his son was born, Henry was made chief engineer at the main Detroit Edison Company plant, and his responsibility was maintaining electric service in the city 24 hours a day. Even with the looming responsibility of keeping Detroit electrified, Henry managed to build his first gasoline-powered vehicle, and his first working gasoline engine was completed at the end of 1893. Sorry, climate. By 1896, he had completed his first horseless carriage called the Quadricycle, which was named that because the frame of the four-horsepower vehicle was a buggy frame mounted on four bicycle wheels. It's actually kind of cute, like a little golf cart. Adorable. Henry wasn't the first to invent this type of vehicle or engine, but he was the first to sell it. He had a lot of backers, and in 1899, they all formed the Detroit Automobile Company. His investors eventually gave up on him because they wanted a passenger car to put on the market, while Henry always insisted on improving whatever model he was working on. He built several racing cars during those years, including one called the 999 Racer, which was test-driven on a frozen lake and set several new speed records. In 1902, Henry decided to leave the Detroit Automobile Company, which was by then renamed the Henry Ford Company, and he was ready to start marketing his invention. The Henry Ford Company was bought from him and eventually renamed the Cadillac Motor Car Company. And by 1903, the Ford Motor Company was incorporated and the world would be changed forever. The company was successful from the beginning, but only five weeks after its incorporation, the Association of Licensed Automobile Manufacturers threatened to put it out of business because Ford was not a licensed manufacturer. They didn't like him or his success. They were in business for the money, and he originally was in it to give everyone the opportunity to own a vehicle. He ended up going to court with them over their control of a patent that applied to all gasoline-powered automobiles. He said, I will build a motor car for the great multitude when he announced the birth of the Model T in October of 1908. Now, the Model T wasn't just popular. It was an enormous success. In the 19 years that the Model T was manufactured, he sold over 15 million here in the U.S., almost a million more in Canada, and 250,000 of them in Great Britain. That equals to about half of the auto output in the entire world. At that time. Before the Model T, only the wealthy could afford to own cars. But now, thanks to Henry, even farmers who were usually stuck out in the boonies could now travel a lot faster and farther than they could with their horse. The need for horses dropped quickly after the Model T came around and actually created an agricultural boom here in America. All that land that had once been used to keep horses was now being used to grow food. And to keep up with the demand and to help keep costs low, that's when Henry invented the assembly line. Now the turnover rate was often high at his factories due to the soul-crushing monotony of those assembly lines. Workers would do one thing all day, every day. It didn't help either that Henry had literal thugs constantly watching, intimidating, or threatening workers to keep production up. There was also physical violence if anyone was lazy, mentioned unionizing, or better working conditions. The automobile became the main prop of the American economy and a stimulant to urbanization. Cities began spreading outward, creating suburbs and housing developments and highways were beginning to pop up everywhere. Henry wanted everything to work smoothly and even bought iron ore mines and rubber plantations. The iron ore would be shipped to the docks in the morning. The frame would be assembled at first in 12 hours and 8 minutes, but by 1914, it only took 93 minutes to assemble a new Model T. Anyone else think that sounds like they would have been incredibly unsafe? Can you imagine how scary it would have been driving back then? The roads are all filled with other drivers who are all joining you and learning how to drive. They're bad enough now with people taking classes and driving for years. Heaven forbid if it rains. In 1914, the Ford Motor Company announced that it would start paying eligible workers a minimum wage of $5 a day, at the time the national average was only 2.34. And he would also reduce the workday from 9 hours to 8 and converted the factory to a 3-day shift. With that, overnight Henry Ford became a worldwide celebrity. Previously, profit had been based on paying wages as low as workers would take and pricing cars as high as the traffic could bear. Ford, on the other hand, stressed low pricing in order to capture the widest possible market and then met the price by volume and efficiency thanks to his assembly lines. Eventually, they were able to finish a Model T Ford every 24 seconds. That along with the reductions in the price of the car and the payment of a living wage that raised workers above poverty and also made them customers, changed the very structure of our society. Ah, consumerism. Eventually, Henry threatened to leave his own company and start another, where he would have full control to do as he wished. The threats worked, and by July 1919, Henry had bought out all seven majority stockholders. The Ford Motor Company was then reorganized in 1920, with all shares held by Henry, his wife, and their son, making this the first time one man solely controlled a business that large. Adding on to his empire, he then purchased a railroad, acquired control of 16 coal mines and about 700,000 acres of timberland. He built a sawmill, bought a fleet of Great Lakes freighters, and even bought a glasswork and a rubber tree plantation. There wasn't a thing that went into a Ford vehicle that the company did not own. Every day at 8 o'clock in the morning, just enough ore for one day would arrive on a Ford freighter from Ford Mines in Michigan and Minnesota, and would be transferred from a conveyor belt to blast furnaces and turned into steel with heat supplied from coal from the mines in Kentucky. It would continue on through the foundry molds and stamping mills, and exactly 28 hours after arrival as ore, It would then emerge as a finished automobile. At the peak of success, the company operated in 33 countries around the world. It was all also paid exclusively from the sales of the Model T. Not a cent was borrowed. How are those New Year's resolutions coming along? I'm keeping up with mine so far with the help of Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery. Instead of racking my brain and stressing over what to nourish my body with, I use Factor and get to skip the dreaded grocery trips. Prepping, cooking, and even better, the cleanup. I get to enjoy their chef-curated, dietitian-approved meals that arrive Right on my doorstep. I've even experimented with the direction of my diet. They have over 35 meals to choose from every week that I now get to test out. Meals like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. Plus, they have over 55 weekly add ons to entice your taste buds. I love Factor, especially for lunch. I live in a small town and have exhausted the lunch menu at my local restaurants. I enjoy how easy it is to grab one from the fridge, and in two minutes or less, I have a healthy and yummy meal that is as good as any restaurant. I have even saved money with Factor since I no longer grab takeout on my way home. With Valentine's Day approaching, Factor has fast and upscale Gourmet Plus, for those special occasion meals. And did I mention the delicious juices, smoothies, and snacks? What's not to love? So, try Factor today. Head to factormeals.com rotten50 and use code rotten50 to get 50% off. That's code rotten50 at factormeals.com rotten50 to get 50% off. Now, you might be thinking, aside from being the one to teach workers that they were only numbers to him and helping to give birth to consumerism and having a large part to play in climate change, Henry Ford doesn't seem that rotten, especially compared to our other lessons. So let's get into that now. For starters, did any of you have to learn square dancing in elementary school? here in America. I did in fifth grade, and Henry Ford helped to start that program. Thanks, Henry. It was born because he hated jazz music, which was becoming increasingly popular. His son loved it. He believed it was a creation of the Jewish people, and Henry Ford was quite a racist and anti-Semite. In 1819, Henry bought a newspaper called the Dearborn Independent, and it published a series of attacks on the International Jew, which was a mythical figure that Henry blamed for financing war and distributed half a million copies to his vast network of dealerships and subscribers. In some places, the dealership would actually put copies of the newspaper in the car so that when you drove off, You had it in your passenger seat. In 1927, he formally retracted his attacks and sold the paper when he was faced with harsh criticism and boycotting from the entire Jewish community. A close friend of his recalled a camping trip in 1919 during which he said Henry lectured a group around the campfire. He said he attributes all evil to Jews or the Jewish capitalist. He also said that the Jews caused the war, the Jews caused the outbreak of thieving and robbery all over the country, the Jews caused the inefficiency of the Navy. Adolf Hitler was also inspired by Henry Ford. Not only for his anti-Semitism, but for the assembly line too. In 1938, Henry Ford received an award from the Nazis called the Grand Cross of the German Eagle. And Hitler loved Henry's writings and even praised them. There were also business connections between Ford Motors and the Nazis. Henry also had his workers watched when they were off duty. While $5 a day was a generous factory wage at the time, it came at a catch. Technically, workers' pay remained less than or near two fifty dollars a day and the extra money was a bonus that they had to earn. When Henry introduced the bonus, he established a company sociological department that sent inspectors to the homes of his employees, who were, at the time, mostly male immigrants.
0: If you want nightmares, you are in the right place. I couldn't sleep last night after listening. This podcast is genuinely scary.
2: That's what people are saying about Frightful. And if you'd like a few nightmares of your own, then how about you step this way? Hi, I'm Peter Laws, and I'm an author, journalist, and the host of Frightful, the podcast that is giving folks the serious creeps. From spine-tingling tales of the paranormal and shocking true crime to disturbing cults, possessions, and the forgotten horrors of history— Frightful is the podcast that pulls you into the darkness with immersive music, sound effects, and storytelling that is designed with one thing in mind, to get under your skin. With new episodes every other Sunday, you'll have plenty to keep that heart rate high. The good news is it's available free wherever you get your podcasts. The bad news is that after listening to this show, you might just have to spend a few more cents on electricity. After all, you're going to be sleeping with the lights on. So search Frightful in your podcast apps and I will see you there. In the dark.
1: And it was all to make sure that they were living in a way that Henry approved of. Workers were denied the full $5 a day if their wives worked outside of the home, if their houses were dirty, if they displayed signs of drinking or gambling, if they had borders, or if they didn't contribute to a savings account. Talk about strict. How much do you want to bet that he would say, we're a family here at Ford? And they didn't even have pizza parties back then. Henry did pay his black and white employees similar wages, but he hired them for different jobs because he believed black people were inferior and could only advance so far in the workplace. Black employees were often the ones that worked the most dangerous jobs at Ford. They also couldn't advance to any high-level positions in the company. He was one of the few companies that would hire black people at the time of Jim Crow, and it gave him a sense of entitlement, as he would often degrade and berate them. Henry even opposed anything he saw as union organizing once when unemployed workers led a hunger march to the Ford River factory during the middle of the Great Depression, demanding the right to organize. They were met with police, members of Ford's service department, Ford's private police force, and they threw tear gas at them, sprayed them with hoses, and opened fire. Yeah, live ammunition on starving people. The police and Ford's men killed four marchers and injured dozens more, including another marcher who later died. In 1937, Ford's police brutally beat union organizers for trying to pass out leaflets. During what was called the Battle of the Overpass, Ford's men threw one union organizer over the side of the overpass. He fell 30 feet and broke his back. Eventually, Henry did sign the documents to unionize Ford after his wife threatened to sell all of her stocks if he didn't. It was during an uprising, and she feared for his safety. It was the only thing she could think of right away to keep her husband safe. Henry Ford died from a stroke at home on April 7, 1947, in Michigan, at the age of 83 his holdings in Ford stock went to the Ford Foundation, which had been set up as a means of keeping it in the family. The Ford company has grown a lot since then and has made many great changes to correct Henry's rotten actions. I don't personally care for a Ford. I've owned one, and it felt like it was one of those snap-on vehicle models. My dad, though, it's a rare sight to see him drive anything but a fix or repair daily, otherwise known as a Ford. From Henry, I learned that even those who have contributed so much to our world can still be a rotten son of a gun. There is a museum about him in Michigan that I'd like to pay a visit to. They even have the chair that Abraham Lincoln was sitting in in the theater when he was shot. That's what I want to see. Well, that brings us to the end of our lesson today, darlings. Let's cleanse ourselves and I'll let you be off on your next adventure. Just take a deep breath and ground yourself in the here and now. I ask for clear communication between myself, my body, mind, and spirit, so that I may live in harmony with myself and those around me, clear any negative thoughts within my mind and heart space. May I move forward with clarity in alignment with my highest self, so that I can move through my journey with ease and flow and magnetize my greatest desire. May I always remember that I am in constant connection and co creation with Source. So be it. I appreciate and thank each and every one of you for supporting Rotten to the Core. Join me next week, and until then, be happy, find peace, and don't hurt anyone. If you enjoy Rotten to the Core, please follow me on Instagram or join me on Patreon. Both of those are at It's Rotten to the Core. I also have a TikTok now at Rotten in History. You can also listen to me on my other podcast, Mystery Inc. that I do with my older brother Shane. We have a Facebook group called Shane and Josh's Rabbit Hole, where we interact and have a plethora of extra fun, foul, mysterious, rotten, and historical things a brewing. Join me next time and have a great week ahead everyone. Bye.